Hello. Christina. Brett. Where have you been? I know. I've been I've been drinking. As yeah, Beyonce too. would say. <laughs> as Beyonce would say, I've been drinking. Who's Beyonce? Just kidding. Um, I, don't even joke about that, Brett. Don't even joke about not knowing who Beyonce is because she will hear and she's magic and she will like do something to you. She shook the princess's hand. She did. So did my boss. Yeah, I saw that picture. Isn't that amazing? I, I'm kind of, I don't know. That's crazy. I, it's nuts to know that someone that I know like met the princess. Because I remember Pete Cashmore when he was this tall. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Although, honestly... Uh, Lisa Bettany is kind of my princess. Uh, Lisa Bettany is kind of our princess. Now, let's be very clear. She's married to someone else now. Oh, is she? She is. I don't follow news at all. No, she's married to someone else, Tyler, and they had a beautiful wedding and she looks amazing. And Lisa, we love you and Camera Plus and her new app is fantastic. Seriously, Lisa's one of my favorite people ever. Lisa and Pete were one of the best looking couples in the entire history of the world. Like, Oh, when I, totally I, found out were... I kind of just froze that moment. That was I did too. I mean, when I found out they were together, and and I asked her, I was like, Lisa, are you blanking my boss? And, but instead of saying blanking, I said, you know, bleeping. You said exactly. Bleeping. I said bleeping. I said fucking. We'll we'll, we'll bleep that. Um, Moises will bleep that. Um, she said yes, and I was like, hot. That's the sex tape I want to see. And I, meant- I just said that to my wife tonight. I said I would pay to see that. That's okay. We should probably intro the show, but I want to start should- by saying. Uh, Mr. Casual, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, I'm sure you're, you're doing just fine right yes, now. His new girlfriend is also beautiful. I mean, she's not Lisa beautiful, but who is? Um, <laughs> Lisa, I mean, honestly, and I'm saying that like as a straight woman who loves Lisa and who Lisa's my friend, but Lisa's married to Tyler. Their photos are great, but yes, exactly. What are the chances this even makes it into the show? So you know, I don't even wait. know, but Benny, if you're listening to this, Lisa, seriously, I love you so much. You've been like my friend for years and you're amazing. You will never hear this episode because I know you don't listen to my podcast, but I love you and you're amazing. Also, you fuck my boss. You gotta stop at some point. <laughs> tired. So tired. Overtired. You're <laughs> listening to Overtired on ESN with Insomniac. Christina Warren and Brett Terpstra currently both slightly intoxicated. This is going to be a punchy show. It's going to be an amazing show, you guys. I, I've had the most amazing week, too, so it's going to be good. Well, why don't you start by telling us a little about your week? All right, so as we discussed last week, the Sony stuff was completely hacked. Like their internal documents were revealed and there was all kinds of stuff happening. And then on Monday, email files, OST files, uh, exchange files from executives, um, the biggest one being Amy Pascal, the co-chairman of Sony Studios, leaked to the public. And when that happened, I was like, O-M-G. And I hate to sound like a 12-year-old girl when I say that, but really, um, if I were to say anything else, it would have expletives in it. And we've already edited this show enough as it is. So basically, what I've been working on since Monday has been going through Amy Pascal's email and looking for various stories. And on, I guess it was... Um, I, got, I guess it was maybe Tuesday when we finally got through the emails, but on... Um, uh, Tuesday night, I guess, I had my first draft. Or Wednesday night, I had my first draft. Um, no, Tuesday night, I had my first draft of my story about the, how the, the Steve Jobs film collapsed at Sony. Um, you know, that was one of the big films that we've all been looking forward to it for a long time is the real Steve Jobs biopic, not the Ashton Kutcher biopic, uh, which was fake, but the, the real Steve Jobs story based on Walter Isaacson's book penned by uh, Aaron Sorkin. 
there were originally the uh, you know um, David Fincher was in talks to, to direct it and says it's being directed by by Danny Boyle who's also great. It's going to be produced by the same team that did the Social Network, and within these emails. I was able to basically uncover the entire story of how that film collapsed at Sony. And so it's a 6,000-word opus. It was published on Thursday. Um, it, I, I had my first draft done on Tuesday, but, I mean, it's taken me – that's what my week has been, basically. It's been inside all these Sony email hacks, and uh, I kind of my, – my brain is swimming. I'm a little intoxicated right now tonight as I'm talking. I'm a little buzzed because I'm, I've had a crazy week. But that's basically what my week has been going through emails of someone that's kind of my idol, Amy Pascal, And I feel a little weird about it. I feel a little uncomfortable. But then at the same time, it's my job. And as my husband pointed out, she'd do it to me. So <laughs> so, so I assume the reason you've been drinking is uh, I heard some some talk that there were people very upset that you would divulge someone's private emails like that. Yeah, there's been some criticism from that. And, you know, my, my response to that is twofold. One, I can say as a person, it's definitely an awkward situation when you have access to private information and you're supposed to reveal it. But as a journalist, that's kind of your job. And every day in journalism, you deal with people giving you information that you're not supposed to have. And that's kind of your job is to tell the truth. And so on the one hand, people say they try to conflate, you know, the, the celebrity new leaks, which were which were terrible with these corporate leaks. A, I don't think that's a fair comparison because one is a, one is corporate internal emails, one is people's personal information. I do think Corporations there's are people, my friend. Yeah, you know what? It's not really the same thing. And the reason I say that is because I get corporate leak documents all the time. And when I report on those, no one's saying, oh, how dare you report on these corporate leak documents? You know, it, it, it becomes kind of on the public interest when we have these huge amounts of information. I mean, that's a valid, like, argument what you're saying. But no, it's not. It's complete bullshit. Corporations are not people. Corporations are subject to exactly what you're talking about. No, and I agree with that. And, and that's where I kind of draw the line. But what I'm saying, though, is that, you know, we get sent private documents every day. We get told private information every single day. Andrew Wallenstein at Variety wrote a public article about how, um, you know, the, the Sony leaks um, are uncomfortable but necessary. And I agree with that. And okay, I'm going to do this. Okay. The NSA leaks. Yes. Those were, in my mind, heroic. There are things that there is information that deserves to be leaked, whether or not a certain like film, like the details behind a film is like crosses that line or not. I I don't I don't care. to. I would never say that it was on that same level, but I'm with you. I mean, and this is my point. This is why in journalism, the whole idea is that we are supposed to be our first responsibility is to the reader. And so if we're given information, information is leaked to us. We have to go through it and find a story. And. I would never compare, you know, the internal rumblings of a of a troubled film studio with NSA leaks or with the, you know, Daniel Ellsberg and the Pentagon Papers. I would never equate that because it's not the same thing. But I would say that, you know, from a business perspective, we cover business stories all the time. We have people leaking us business documents all the time for their own purposes. This isn't that different than what happens there. And and number two, you know, it is a valid and interesting story how a really high profile project collapses as a studio when you have this sort of like insider glance that's news whether you know the the method that that it was you know released is uncomfortable or not is a different question um but there's no doubt about it that it's news and the fact of the matter is is that as a journalist when people 
give us information, whether it's illegally obtained or not. And it's always illegally obtained. You know, when when people leak me financial documents about their own companies and say this is happening, they're probably technically breaking some law. They might not ever get prosecuted for it. It might not be at the same level as hacking into a corporate server, but they're breaking some sort of rule. And and, and they're doing that for a reason to, to express their agenda. Uh, when we're given access to this sort of amount of archives, I mean, it's it's our job to go through it and to figure out what's news and what's not. And so I've been criticized for the story, as everyone else who's used the the leaked emails to kind of report on news. My response is that, yeah, you know, Amy Pascal is someone who I look up to, someone who I would love to be like. You know, she's the co-chairman of a studio. That's a job that, to, even though I'm in a different kind of career now, that I would love to have. And she's someone who I greatly admire and respect. Um, but that doesn't mean that this isn't news and that what's breaking out of this isn't valid and that it doesn't say bigger things about what happens in the industry at, a lar- at large. And so my job is to go through, figure out what the story is, figure out what is right to be included, what's right not to be. You know, a lot of places wrote up some of the salacious emails before I did. I had them before they did. Um, but I wanted to write a full story, not just really get about the, the salacious details. And I'm not criticizing places that went after the gossip. I totally get that. That that wasn't that just wasn't my aim with this story. Um, but, you know, I went out of my way to verify what I wrote to make sure that the people that were mentioned in my story were contacted and that I got comment from them, even if it was no comment, you know, about it. Um, but, I mean, just... If I didn't cover and if the news media in general didn't cover these leaks, wouldn't change the fact that they happened. Um, so that's, that's another thing, too. If you, you know? were if you were the White House press secretary. Yeah. You would have been fired by now. You, you, you need a more concise like <laughs> um, you're right. I, would. I did it. Screw you kind of attitude. No, you're right. I do. But I feel like it's nuanced. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it is. But it is. I didn't even realize no. I was setting you up for this. No, I didn't. But what I'm saying, though, is is that no, and you're right. I probably would be because I went on way too long and, and, and I'm talking about it way too long and I'm drunk and it's fine. But no, but it's one of those things where it's nuanced because, yeah, I did it. Screw you. Look, bottom line, I feel I'm sleeping completely safe. But I guess I feel like the reason I have to defend myself is people who don't understand the position that we're put in every day, which is given information that maybe we shouldn't have and, and judging the validity of something. Just because it's gained in untenable ways doesn't mean that the story is still not worth reporting. And it is, it's not as if you don't have a conscience and you don't feel it. You do. Um, but it's just that the greater story is to the truth and is, is to trying to tell something else. And all I can do as myself is say, you know, I went through the right channels. I contacted people who were mentioned. And I try to get comment. I try to be responsible. I went through the documents and omitted things that were clearly personal and not relevant to business. And I'm not saying everybody did that or that they had to. I personally, that was where I drew a line. Um, and yeah, I sleep fine. I'm going to sleep fine at night, you know, over this. And I'm happy I broke, uh, I'm happy with the story I wrote. I'm happy with the information that was revealed. I'm happy that I was able to tell the story I told. Um, I'm not happy that it was able to be told because people were hacked and their their data was stolen. I'm not happy about that, but I'm happy that I was able to tell the story. I um, I sent, uh, you know, that Moises guy who runs this network? Yeah, I know Moises. I think I've heard of him. I sent him one of those uh, kids call him uh, dick pics. Yes. I he love- immediately published it on Twitter. Yeah. Immediately. And I feel like Why that crossed, you- a journalistic, crossed the journalistic line. It totally did because you didn't let him know that that dick pic should have been going out. Like you were like, what? I'm trying really hard to derail this, and I don't know why. It's just like my nature, I think. 
It is your nature because you're Brett Terpstra. But your 6,000-word post 6, about word post. this is up on Mashable, and we'll link it that is. in the show notes. As of the show notes, you should also read uh, Andrew Wallenstein's essay on Variety about why publishing stolen, so why publishing the stolen Sony data is problematic but necessary. BuzzFeed wrote something to kind of a think piece from someone who used to be an academic before she went to work at BuzzFeed. Weird, I know. Um, and she used to work in kind of a, you know media studies and, and why this stuff is complicated and complex. A lot of people are having hand-wringing, you know, m- uh, masturbatory conversations about this. All I can say is, you know what, I'm okay with what I wrote. I feel like the story I wrote is great. I feel like it was worth telling and I'm okay with whatever the fallout is. You know, I feel okay. It, did it feel creepy going through someone else's inbox? Sure. But that's kind of part of what I signed up for when I decided that I was going to be a journalist. Amen. So, what else have you been up to this week? Sony has been it. So why don't you tell me about what you've been up to because I've talked enough and I want to hear you talk. I have a much less um, <sighs> news-related life. Sure. Like, seriously, my life right now is like code and cats and dogs. <laughs> I spent an hour on Etsy today. <gasps> Amazing. Trying, trying to find the perfect pit bull decal for the back of my TT. I love that. I love that you were looking for a pit bull decal on Etsy. I actually just ordered uh, Carrie, one of my uh, coworkers. I ordered her um, a candle off of Etsy, which was really funny. I love what, Etsy. You know what I love about Etsy? Did what we talk about it? this? Because we I, have not. Because that's where I bought my urn for my German Shepherd. Yeah, recently. we did actually talk about that. You said, yeah, we remember you got chances earned off of Etsy. I remember yeah. this. And I just, I love that. If you if you learn your way around Etsy, because a lot of people just sell the same like two dollar product and they're just distributors, but if you find the people who are actually making stuff and selling it on Etsy, you can develop like instant personal relationships with them just by asking a question, even before you buy their product. And it's I just I love the kind of community that Etsy pulls together, and I have so much fun digging through it. Oh no, I'm with you. I mean, I got so I got my friend Carrie this this um like the rosary candle um of of uh, of a pop culture figure and um the person emailed me and said, "Hey, you know, we're sending your candle off to you, but we're having a pop-up sale, you know, this weekend in Williamsburg if you want to see some of these other these other candles." And yeah, I mean, that's what you kind of mean. I mean, you know, and and you be able to find your urn, you know, for your dog and yeah, you can develop a relationship, but that's kind of awesome. I mean, some people are just resellers, but a lot of people like make their stuff. They're like they're real artisans and it's it's very awesome. I have a friend with a vinyl cutter that can do those like he can make custom stickers for me. Right, but I found one on Etsy that it's a it's got like a silhouette of a, a natural eared pit bull looking over its shoulder, which is like my dog's favorite pose. Yeah, that's um, amazing. And but it lets you add custom text. So my my sticker on the back of my car is going to say, and we'll probably have to bleep this, but it's just going to say "fuck your stereotypes." <laughs> I love that so much. It's going to be fun. Bleep be your fun. stereotypes. I love it. Bleep I love your it. Stereotypes. I'm going to drive around town. Just making all kinds of people angry. You will because you're in Mona, Minnesota, and they probably are, you know, don't don't take time kindly to your type. But um, I, I noticed in our show notes that we have raising cats uh, <laughs> as a list. Okay, so I was trying to explain this to someone on Twitter, and I realized I have this huge history with cats that I didn't even like ever really uh, kind of bring together into a compendium, mm-hmm. and I won't bore you too much. Bore us. Come on, tell us. 
But my first cat. <laughs> now it's that show. Yeah. My first cat. My was, first cat. Her name was. His was name was, was Winter. Winter. He. Uh, we lived near a horse ranch, and and there were all these feral like barn cats. And one of them showed up on our porch and stayed there for a couple of days, like kept coming back. So I, just, I took it inside and I didn't give it back. And we named it Winter. And it just died like maybe a year ago. And I, we got it when I was in high school. It, 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 was, it lived a long life. Uh, but it was, it, was, uh, it was mean. Like I have scars still on my chest from trying to like carry it. It would just freak out on me. But then in my... Late teens, early 20s, I ended up in a, what you could call a, kind of a junkie house, shooting gallery. Uh, basically, a few people and a lot of cats. A lot of people, a lot of needles, a lot of cats. But, um, but I, you know, I, I got used to, like, kind of just observing all the cats. And then one day, I came into the possession of a small, like, two-week-old kitten that was found in a gutter outside a strip club and it had ear mites and broken ribs and all this stuff. And we named it trouble. And I had friends that managed to procure veterinary services for it. Unfortunately, one of the services was not spay and neuter, but, uh, but trouble was my cat and she would sit on my head. I was a punk rocker and she would lick my hair overnight. She would sleep on my head and lick my hair into perfect spikes. I'd wake up the next morning with like cat spit hair <laughs> and, and I loved her and we, you know, I would go without meals to feed this cat. And then one night she got out a broken window and she came back the next day and we thought everything was cool until about, I don't even know, a little while later, we'll say I came back from a Chinese restaurant, no Mexican restaurant. Cause there was lots of tequila involved. And uh, my roommate was standing there with a towel wrapped around something and it was bloody. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I just sat down and cried cause it was trouble. And it turned out that a friend of my roommates had visited and had brought his pit bull into the home and he had let it run free. Not knowing that Trouble had had a litter of kittens in the closet that I had no idea about. Because, you know, I'm, I'm high and stupid. And uh, it, she had defended her litter against this pit bull and had lost. And that was, uh, that was hard. But I bet it was. I'm sitting there with six newborn kittens. And I ended up, I found... The, the the nice lady who owned Little Tijuana in Minneapolis managed to find surrogate mothers for three of them. Okay. I became the surrogate mother for the other three. And I would carry them with me in a cardboard box. And I would feed them every two hours. And I would wipe their butts with wet washcloths to make them go to the bathroom. Um, which you actually have to do, I learned. Okay. And and I raised them until they were of an age that could be adopted out, which was, uh, I think, I think I raised them for about nine months. Wow. And, uh, and yeah, and I took care of these cats and it be I became a cat person. I can't even imagine that because you, you've never seemed like a cat person to me. Oh, uh, I became a cat person. And I, when I met my wife, I was entirely a cat person, never planned to own a dog. And I met my wife and she was a dog person. And I fell in love with her German Shepherd, 
turns out I'm an animal person in general, but right. Uh, and then we started fostering dogs and then eventually we got our first pit bull. And I said, um, okay, but I'm, I'm going to be nervous around it. And I was, I, I, you know, I had all these preconceived notions about pit bulls bulls, and a pit bull had killed my favorite cat. And I ended up completely falling in love with that pit bull. And we, since then only, we only rescue pit bulls. We run a pit bull only rescue and pit bulls are my life now. And it all started with uh, a strip club cat named Trouble. (laughs) That's a country music song, a punk song, and like a rock and roll song all in one. Oh, man. That's like a whole Last FM station right there. It really is an entire Last FM station. And and you guys, send send Brett your Last FM. Follow follow Brett on Last FM because he really wants to know what you listen to. (laughs) I do. I'm I'm, I'm a spy like that. Um, Have you heard, uh, speaking of... Actually, SoundCloud. I've been spending a lot of time on SoundCloud. I just yeah. totally jump rails, by the way. No, that's completely uh, fine. Let's do it. Okay, so SoundCloud, like, I just, I, I, I hear a song I like. Like, I think I heard, um, what was it? Something from the 80s. I don't even remember. But I, I would, I just go to SoundCloud, and I look it up, and I look for mashups and remixes of that song. Yep. And I have found so many good ones lately. I found a, a heavy metal version of uh, Gaga's Applause. Nice. And I found the ultimate dubstep version of I Knew You Were Trouble by Taylor yes. Swift. Uh, see, I love that we're talking about Taylor Swift today. She's my favorite person. I love her so much. She's going to be the on, ongoing theme on this she show. She is going to be an ongoing theme on this show. And actually, you know, you know who should be, we should try to have on. Um, uh, Taylor she's Swift? Take, no, she's taking a hiatus right now, but uh, uh, Swift on Security. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that. Uh, that's Twitter like my account. favorite Twitter account, and 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 I, I talk to Swift on security quite frequently. I'm trying to do an interview nice. with her with the account, and she's taking a break right now. But but I really want to. That would actually be great if we ever had Swift on security. Maybe we could like digitize her voice so that she wouldn't be discovered. I would love um, that. That would be cool because that's like my favorite Twitter account. Um, it, it's a good Twitter account. It has good security advice, and it's all about Taylor Swift. It's like my. It's like two of my favorite things. <laughs> Two great tastes that taste great together, as they say. But this uh, this this uh, dubstep version mm-hmm. is exactly what I always wanted the original song to be. Totally. I just well, wanted I mean, when she does that, and now I'm lying on the floor line. Lying it, on the floor. Did you ever see the goats one? Yes, I have. Oh, my God. Trouble, the screaming goats trouble, one. Trouble. Okay. Do you want to start from the beginning? Yes. No. No. I'm just going to put the kibosh on that right now. All right. Sorry. Did you hear about our Wisconsin governor? I'm not in Wisconsin, but I live next door. Right. Did you, did you hear about him wishing uh, the the Jewish constituent uh, uh, Molotov? No. <laughs> Walker, uh, instead of saying Mazel Tov, which was inappropriate Mazel-tov. to begin with, because yes, Mazel Tov is more appropriate for like a birthday or uh, right. like, uh, what's the, God damn, um. What's the word when you, you you have your like celebration of manhood bar, or womanhood bar mitzvah. bar mitzvah yeah bar and bat mitzvah yeah yes bar and bat mitzvah would be an appropriate time to say mazel tov and mazel instead tov, he said it he said it in place of say merry christmas instead of saying happy happy, happy hanukkah, hanukkah instead of saying happy hanukkah it's, oh mazel tov it's like he says no molotov molotov as in cocktail as in cocktail as in 
things that like the Palestinians are trying to do for you. Wow. Not not to get all political again. Not at all. But that guy's a total. Oh, my God. The things he's done to the teachers union, the things he's done to public services in general. Republicans. Um, You want to talk about cops again? Let's talk about cops no, again. Let's, let's talk. Not. No, let's not. That. I was gonna say. Gonna I think we lost. So I trouble. think we lost like five thousand listeners because of our talk about cops. I know. I know. Our ratings are so down. Our ratings are so down. Actually, and and while we're saying this, um, rate, rate and review our show because we're not always drunk, or I'm not always drunk. Um, hey, and uh, I was totally sober last week. No, you were. I, Except I'm, for the like hydrocodone. No, I, you were, you're usually fine. I, I'm talking about myself. I'm saying I'm not usually intoxicated. Brett's always great. Um, <laughs> and so we're usually better than this. So you should listen to us. But what we should also do, while we're talking about people rating and reviewing us, we should go ahead and we should talk about, I don't know, we should talk about, we should talk about like backing stuff up. What, is that, um, is that like uh, when, when your computer automatically just like takes care of itself? I mean that can happen. I mean, if, depending if you you like if you subscribe to Backblaze or something like that can totally happen. Yeah. What's Backblaze? So Backblaze is this really awesome service that is basically online backups. It's like Time Machine, but it's for you know it takes place in the cloud. So you can connect your Mac, all your Macs to it actually, and back up everything on your hard drives, even your external drives connected to your Mac to the cloud. Um, so you don't have to worry about, hey, my computer crashed. What do I do with my stuff? Or, hey, I don't have a time machine drive connected to my hard drive. You know, it can go in the cloud and I can be on another device and, 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 and back stuff up. It's pretty awesome. And you can actually support the show by going to backblaze.com slash overtired Look around and hopefully, you know, forcing yourself or someone else to back up the computer for the love of God, you know, because you really want to back up your computer. And uh, it's it's the holiday time. People are always doing this stuff. So it's a good time to think about it. Well, and so when all my relatives are visiting over uh, Christmas, which they're going yeah, to be. I have like, will be. I have multiple nieces coming this year. I don't even remember how many. Two or how three. Ma- so how many siblings do you have, Brett? We've never talked about I have about two this. siblings. I have one brother and one sister, and they're both breeding um, – and I'm I'm not, so I lose. Now, track, are they older or younger? Younger. I'm the oldest. Okay, so how old are they? Uh, I don't know, four and six years younger than me, but I don't remember how old I am. So, okay, um, you're 38, I thought, right? Oh God, I think I'm 36. 36. Yeah, I think I'm 36, which would make my brother 30 and my sister 28. But they're both breeding. Okay, I gotcha. And gotcha. I, my brother's on like number two now. Wow. I think. Oh, he's going to be so mad if I get that wrong. Yeah, he's but he has he has Ruby fish. and he has Autumn. Ruby and Autumn. And and then my sister has Juliet. And okay. I think that's how many I have right now. I think I have three. Okay. And they're all very cute, but I have had very little contact with them because we all live in different states. Right. Where, where, where do your brother and your sister live? Just out of curiosity. Uh, my brother lives in Georgia. Okay. And my sister. Go to Georgia. That's where my sister lives too. It's either Iowa or Ohio. I don't remember. Okay. I think, I think like technically those are the same state. I think they are. I'm not sure. I think Idaho, Iowa, and Ohio actually are interchangeable. I think they are. I think that's true. Missouri I could be wrong about that. Missouri is sometimes interchangeable with that too. Mm, no. No. I remember Missouri being its own state. Missouri. Uh, I- yeah. No. Mississippi and Louisiana, I think. Anyway, anyway, the point is that when all my relatives come to my town, which they are, I'm probably going to hear something about somebody who lost their stuff because 
they, you know, a computer crashed or a fire broke out or some young child threw their laptop on the floor in frustration with their like Skype account. It was Ruby. Probably. She is so adorable. Um, but this, this backblaze thing we're talking about would probably be a great suggestion for them. It would be. And what's amazing about it is that it's only $5 a month. $5. I could $5. do that. That's like the cost of... Uh, it's like one coffee. People always say that. They always like compare stuff I know to they coffee. Do, you know what it is? It's like, it's, like four, it's like four life refills on Candy Crush Saga. Okay, I don't know anything about that either. I buy my coffee like in sealed bags straight from like Tonk slash Blue Bottle. And and you don't eat McDonald's like either, so I can't. It's, it's, it's a, I can't even compare it to uh, to, to, to McDonald's because you don't even eat at McDonald's. You're like so bad. You know what it is? It's like it's like a, a, I'm a horrible like, consumer. You are. It's like a sixth of a pound. It's like a sixth of a thing of of dog food. <laughs> but despite my pretending not to know what we're talking about here, for the sake of a bit, if you will, yes, I do. I do spend the five dollars a month on Backblaze, and I do find it. Uh, the it's delightful. It is. It really is. I've been using them for years. I love them. Um, it's secure. It's unlimited. It's unthrottled, so you can go as fast as your hard drive and your internet connection can go. Like some other, you know, services, uh, when they back stuff up, they throttle connection, so it's actually slower to upload. And you're worried. You're like, I'm not going to get all my stuff backed up, especially if I've got like a million gig, you know, or terabyte hard drive. Uh, no, in this case, as long as your hard drive um, and your internet connection can keep up, Backblaze is not going to throttle you. It's smart though, and it will uh, adapt to network usage. If I yep. if I am remembering correctly, yes, it does. I mean that that is the great thing about it. If if, it, if it's seen that other stuff is using things, it'll shut shut itself down. But if you're like running the background, or if it's like late at night, it's like, hey, look, we don't we don't need to, you know, um, nothing else is happening. We can start uploading stuff. Let's full do blast. it. Let's do it. And there's there's an iOS app, and it's still relatively new, but there's an Android app, so you can access all your backed up files anywhere you have an internet connection. Awesome. So, so yeah, so go to blackblaze.com slash overtired, $5 a month. Like we said, it's $5 a month per computer, and that'll include external drives. Um, it's a great service. I've I've been using them, and I've known these guys for years, and it's it's really, really good. Like, it, it's super solid. Totally agree. Can I tell you about buying insurance in Minnesota? Let, let's talk about that because we just talked about like why it's important to back stuff up. So let's talk about the other way of like ensuring your backing up your human body. Yes, let's with, let's talk about that with an Affordable Care Act funded website called MN Sure. That, based on my complaints on Twitter, I blame Obama. The, <laughs> Obama. Um, uh, it, like this is, is apparently like every state has this point. same crappy infrastructure. I I love the insurance that I've been able to procure through the Affordable Care Act. I have really enjoyed it this year. But getting it was such a pain in the butt. No, totally. I had to sign my sister up for Affordable Care Act. And it was, again, it was one of those, like, it was a complete pain. Well, and I thought maybe after a year they'd have worked out some kinks. Yeah, I would have hoped so. I mean, like, I've heard that, like, they've, like, made things better. But I guess you've tried this. Tell us about the process. I can't even reset my password because it asks you Five security questions, and if you change case or spacing on any of your answers, it'll say, sorry, don't know who you are. And I have gone through the enrollment process in its entirety 
a couple of times. Last year, I did it three times before I eventually called and had them just do it over the phone. Sure. This year, I've been through it twice. It throws errors at me and erases everything I've done for the last 20 minutes every time. And then today, my wife and I, between the two of us, spent about four hours on hold and never got to talk to anybody. This is ridiculous. This is worse than like Time Warner, Cable, like AT&T, customer support, like all combined. This is – and the website, they – they ask you yes or no questions that should be checkboxes, but they have pull downs that aren't uh, handicap or like accessible. That are not accessible, right? So you have to you have to click on every pull down and choose yes or no from a pull down to answer a series of fifteen questions on a page. That really technically should all be uh, a series of radio buttons defaulting to no, right? And then you should just be able to click yes on the ones that apply and then hit. But instead, it takes seven minutes to go through a page of questions. I could fix this so quickly. I know you could. You could fix it so quickly. And, and you know, what's amazing, too, is they would pay you so much if they knew, like, the contract for, for fixing this, you know, is going to be so insane. And they're probably still not going to fix it. I sent them an email that said, um, without, without seeing any of the infrastructure or platform behind this, I would give them a straight up flatbed of 85000 and I would just spend a weekend and I would just fix it. And they never wrote back. And I don't, I'm not surprised they didn't write back what they should have because that would actually be a complete deal for them because they're going to spend six times that much to fix this thing. Yeah. Apparently on a bunch of schmucks. I, no offense, but you guys are idiots. Like the, the people who made this do not know how to make websites. Like even in 1996, these would have been bad. Right. No, I mean, I don't understand how any of this stuff has, like, how any of that stuff happens. Like, how how does that even happen? I don't know. Government. No, Obama! Obama! But I, I, yeah, no, I'd rather have him than the alternatives, but yes. So I'm looking through our show notes, and, and we're we're kind of getting into some stuff here. I, I noticed uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is on the list. That's one of my favorite shows ever. Yeah, I just started watching that again. I finished the first season of uh, of Californication. Yep. And decided to let it lie right there because I think that was the best season without it. Uh, absolutely, like once he goes to jail and everything, it, yeah, eh, the whole other like everything kind of unravels for me. That first season was just wraps up in a neat little bow at the end as they drive off into the sunset, and it was perfect. So I'm leaving that lie, and I started on Sunny instead. It's such a good show, and and the cast in that is so underrated, I think. And it was it was a great first season, but when Danny DeVito joined, I mean, that was such a great additional character. What was so funny about that is like the first the second the first season they filmed with him. Apparently, the second season, you know, they had to shoot all of his scenes at once, and so they had to kind of shoot out of sequence. And you know, they only had him for a few weeks, and and they were not sure, you know, if he would come back or or do things or not. And then it turned out that he actually really loved the show and loved working with them, and then became like a real part of the cast. You know, they didn't have to, to shoot just around his schedule and things, um, which uh, which I kind of love. I also love that Mac and Dee are married in real life. Well, it, it was Mac that, pro- that wrote the whole thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Mac, Mac, well, actually, Mac and Charlie and, and, and uh, Dennis, uh, so, so, so Glenn, um, uh, I guess, I, I can't think of a Mac's name, and, and Charlie Day, um, and um, um, all... Um, you know, kind of developed it together. But yeah, Mac was like the real like kind of brain brains behind it. You yeah. Know the, you know, the production credit thing at the end where it's always back. Yes. You yeah. Ever, you ever replay the first season forward? 
I have. I have. And I can't remember what it says. It says, like, you're stupid for playing this forward. That's amazing. I love them so much for that. Glenn and then Howard... the rest, every other season after that always has the word brown in it. They're always like, it's always something about brown. Anyway, amazing. It's funny. I love that. No, Glenn Howerton, who's Dennis, he was on ER. He had like a recurring role on ER and he had, it, he was good on ER too. And he was kind of doing some dramatic stuff. And um, it, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's uh it's one of my favorite shows and, and, and they're also good on it. You know, I, I think Caitlin Day who plays Sweet D is just amazing. Um, but yeah. It, well, I love that it doesn't like, okay, you, you watch Family Guy. Yeah. And they very clearly are trying to push the envelope. Yes. Like he's very much tr- going for shock value. Whereas Sonny is just so far beyond the envelope as <laughs> far so, as offensiveness. It wasn't even there. No, I mean, they have an episode about abortion, about Charlie wants an abortion. I mean, the first season, the first season. And, and then they're going to an abortion rally and trying to, trying to you know, hook up with chicks on the pro-life or, or, or the pro-choice side. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Well, and then the gang goes jihad. Yes. Oh, my God. I just watched that one last night. Yeah, that, that one's so is, amazing. It's oh, so, it's so amazingly offensive. Oh, it is. The whole thing. I mean, they're so offensive to everyone. And uh, Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob, Rob uh, McElhenney, um, McElhenney, he, he's, uh, he's Mac. He's, he's the, you know, the creator of the show, the, yeah. the EP. But yeah, and I mean, it was, it was, you know, three guys who filmed this thing together and they, they did a pilot like on a mini DV camera and they sold it to FX as a pilot. And I think they, they sold the Charlie um, Has Cancer episode. Like they like did like a, a shortened version of that. And that was how it was sold. And they eventually, you know, when they were doing the casting thing, they were like, well, we need a chick. And so they cast Caitlin Olsen as, as Sweet D. And she obviously clearly fit in with them completely well, which is, I mean, she's now married to the creator, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, that's worked out pretty well for them all. But um, And it was also funny, too, because Charlie, the waitress, the woman that plays the waitress is uh, Charlie's wife in real life. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know. That. Um, and and no, I mean, I think, but yeah, the show crosses so many lines and so many levels. It, it's it's fantastic. I agree. I agree. I normally like I'm okay. If we're gonna talk Family Guy, yeah, I'm gonna say first season. I thought it was humorous. Yeah, and I didn't really get the show until I saw the like Christmas special. Oh my god, out. that was the best ever! Yeah. And then, then I was a huge fan for a couple Chris seasons. Saves Chris, uh, uh, kiss saves Christmas. Yes. Yes, and then um, uh, what was there was a song about we need a Jew that yes. was uh, when you wish upon a Weinstein, which was actually <laughs> never aired on TV during its initial run. It was banned from Fox. Right. But what would happen with that? And I remember this because I was in college at the time. The episode leaked. One of the people who worked at Family Guy uploaded it to the internet. And so we all saw it as like this lost episode. The show had been canceled. And then amazingly, like shockingly, the show gets resurrected because of its success on DVD and <laughs> um, a syndication comes back. And, you know, Adult Swim and, and TBS and other places re-air When You Wish Upon a Weinstein. But when they re-air that episode, they still edit it. And they edit the line. The line they edit is, um, even though they killed my lord... Uh, they edit it to, I know they didn't kill my Lord. That's kind of funny. Uh, it is. It is because they, that's the only part they edit because they're still so scared of that. But yes, but I know what you mean because, you know, like, I need a Jew. I mean, you know, it, you are it's theatrical tonight. I am. But I it, am. like, but now, like current season of Family Guy. I watch it because it's on. It's on. It's you watch it because you want to watch Bob's Burgers. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> or anything that John H. Benjamin is. 
Bob's um, Burgers is the best show on TV. But but yeah, like Family Guy just kind of I, I got bored. Same with South Park. Like it, it like it yep. was hilarious to me for a while, but it just got old. Sunny like just went so far that it wasn't even like they were trying anymore. This was just who they were. They weren't like they the shows when they aired were relevant to current events, but you can go back and watch them now they're and they feel hilarious. exactly the same. They do. I mean, and like the, the, the season nine, I mean, they're, they're coming back for a 10th season um, in uh, January, I guess. But, you know, season nine, they had some really funny episodes and there was just some really funny stuff where um, they still cross the line. Like when they make the diehard films, you know, the yes. fact that they, they I mean, like, they're doing the diehard sequels and they're playing blackface. Yes. Oh, no, Lethal Weapon. That's what it is. Lethal Weapon. They're yeah, doing yeah, the, yeah. the game makes Lethal Weapon 6 and they switch parts and... <laughs> And apparently what happened in one of them is that, that Rob McElhinney, like, got hurt when they were doing one of the first Lethal Weapon things. And they were at, like, an emergency room. They had to go to an emergency room in L.A. And everybody's staring at them. And, and Caitlin Olsen was on Conan. She was talking about it. And she's like, oh, and I looked around. Then I realized, oh, he's in blackface. That's why they're all giving us evil looks. Because <laughs> they're sitting in an emergency room in blackface, which I think is kind of awesome. It's, um, uh, it's it a horrible is. show. It is a horrible show. I mean, they're all going to hell, but it's fantastic. I think we are, too, for dedicating, like, 10 minutes of the show to it. We are. One of my favorite episodes of uh, Always Sunny <laughs> was that Chardy McDennis, the, the game of games, when they come up with that, that the game they all play against one another, where they have, like, things that include, like, emotional battery and, um, you know, puzzles. Yeah. Like, I, that, that show, I just, that show is so screwed up. I love it so much. Speaking of screwed up games, uh, Cards Against Humanity? Yeah, they did I love this, that game. Uh, they did this special uh, 10 days or whatever of Kwanzaa, it was called. <laughs> and if you signed up, you could put in a person's name and address, and they would just, for 10 days straight, send them stuff. <sighs> so I put in my wife's name and our address, and she has every day gotten some amazing, like, stick. They sent her custom black and white cards. If you played Cards Against Humanity, yep. you know, it's you get these black and white cards and they had her name on them. And it <laughs> said uh, one of them was Aditi Terpstra, uh, something, something, lover of blank. And then it you know, listed her her lifespan as having died in 2015. And and then the other the card, the, the white card just said Aditi Terpstra. So you could just play that in any other blank spot. Which is just awesome. That's I, amazing. I, I want mine in there. But uh, they sent her like all these stickers of words you would never put on the back of your car. And uh, today they sent an entire new game. Some Old West card game. It's awesome. That's I, fantastic. Did you I see love what they, they did, did on Black Friday? I did not. They, they pulled all of, their, all of their merchandise from sale. Like you could not buy it on Black Friday. <laughs> and instead they offered the holiday bullshit special. Where you could, and the description was that it was literally crap from a cow. That's and amazing. And it said it looks like crap, it smells like crap. It and, is crap. And, and if you, I think it was like 15 bucks or whatever, you send them the money, they will send you this box full of crap. A box, a box of crap. That and was I their bet, Black Friday special. And I bet that sold out. <laughs> I don't know. I was scared to order it because I knew 
that they would send that. They would totally send it. I wouldn't want to get that in the mail. I wouldn't want to deal with like disposing of it, if I'm being honest. Like, it'd be funny to send to someone else, but I just wouldn't want to deal with disposing it. But I love that they they had their, like, their, their Kwanzaa special and that the Aditi is getting all this stuff that's fantastic. I wish I'd known I would have signed Grant up because we love Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, I... I I consider it my litmus test for friends. I do too, because if you don't like it, I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I can be friends with you. Yeah, or if you're horribly offended and you walk out of my kitchen, and, uh, and I'm like, I'm like, really? I'm going to hell. I've known this. If there is a hell, I'm going there. I'm comfortable <laughs> with that. I'm happy about that. It it is what it is. You know, I'm not happy about it. I guess I'm just I've accepted it. I'm not unhappy about it. I'm just I'm you know I'm 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 you know, it it is what it is. So, you know, those Twitter bots that when you say the right word, they like tweet you. Yes. And sometimes they're like marketing bots. And then you follow you like you go to their username and you see that they've sent the exact same message to to like a million people. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking today that there there is, you know, current technology that can do uh, semantic analysis and sentiment analysis on text. Yes. And it would be really fun to create a marketing Twitter bot. Like I'm thinking for like some of the software I write, like a marketing Twitter bot that looks for keywords related to my software, determines context and sentiment, and then replies appropriately. (laughs) I think it could be an insanely good marketing tool. I think it could be too. Especially if you acknowledge at the same time that you're a bot. Yeah, I was going, that was exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say you have to acknowledge that you're a bot. It has to be clear in your profile or yeah, in the way that it's being spoken. Don't pretend to be personal. No, 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 no. Because then at that point, if it's prescient and it's funny and it's it's especially if you are able to kind of quote things in a way that it's, it's funny but it has that uncanny valley aspect, then people go, oh my God, this is amazing. This is this is fantastic and hilarious. I totally want to buy Marked now. Like Exactly. Did you ever see Self-Wear Roomba? Uh, no, I did not. Best Twitter account ever. It's just a Roomba that tweets about the death and depression and how it's tired of, of, uh, sucking up wine stains from the floor. And like, it'll do like a series of tweets when its batteries are dying and it's so good. I love that. That makes me so happy. That makes me so happy. So this is funny because we have something we have like Gopher, the anarchist cookbook in your first BBS. And like, I love that because I'm like, oh, I remember Gopher. I remember the anarchist cookbook. I remember my first BBS. Turned into a curmudgeon on Twitter today. And what's, I saw that. I saw that you were having that conversation. And what was funny is that I do actually kind of weirdly associate all three of those things together. Well, I mean, seriously, I think for, you know, an, a preteen kid. Yeah. Well, which was how old I was when, you know, Gopher was a thing. Yes. Like when you're, you're doing this, you know, you're reading William Gibson, you're reading Bruce Sterling, you're sitting at a command line on like a computer, you know, maybe has like a graphic interface, but maybe, but it's probably DOS. Exactly. Yeah. You're on a terminal. you're me, your terminal, you're like, you're like nine years old, you're watching Melrose Place, you're reading like some of this stuff and you're like, oh, this gopher thing is awesome. And you start digging through and it's like you're walking through the halls of a library, but all with text commands. Yep. And that feeling of like finding things like the anarchist cookbook, which were pretty prevalent on. Oh, they were. they were, they were, they were all over the place. And then the idea, I remember like distributing like printed copies across my friends and, and we, we tried the, <laughs> the we, we tried the bomb, the, the H bomb one. Um, no, we tried the one where like the disc bomb, ah, but yeah. you would open up the three and a half inch disc and like put in like shavings from 
a uh, a match and some um, acetate, you know, from from like some 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 nail polish, some nail polish remover, seal it up, and then put it in. And apparently, like you know, like like the movement from the hard drive trying to read the disc, you know, the drive trying to read the disc would ignite a fire on the match. And, and, and when burn. it didn't work, you always assumed that you must have done it wrong because exactly it came from the internet. The anarch- well, no, the not the internet yeah, that yeah, didn't like, really it, exist yet. Right. Well, I mean, the internet did exist. The web didn't exist, but no, but it be, because it came from the anarchist cookbook. Right. But yeah, I remember we, we tried these bombs a number of times where we would put them in the school computers and we'd try to be like, yeah, let's do this. And like nothing would happen. Um, and we're like, oh, we must just not have done it right. No, must not have had the shavings correct, you know, and um, no, I mean, it was it was it was one of those great kind of discoveries. The anarchist cookbook to me in the early days of the web are like early linked because like you had access to the stuff that you never thought would exist before and and bbs's were the same way you know like i remember before the internet i had a bunch of 286 computers that i bought at a used computer place for like not a lot of money and i got some network drives and i like you know would connect them to bbs's and like would like see people's messages and do like message boards back and forth and like it was this amazing amazing time you know it was so early it was like pre-blogging pre-anything and it's, I don't know. It's fun. I ran a BBS all through. Of course you high did. School, of course you did. School. Of course you did. I, I never ran twenty four hundred baht. I never ran a BBS. I mean, I wanted to, but I didn't have enough phone lines to be able to do anything like that. So my parents were like, not going to like be cool with that. But I, I wish that I could have because I was like aware of it and I loved them. Even like it was funny when I really first got on the web in like '96. I was like, I felt like I'd missed out on this whole other era, as I had. But but I felt like I was passe. Like I was like, oh, I've missed out on the best part of the web, and I hadn't obviously. But like I, you know, I remembered the BBS era and wishing I could have been older and taken part in it more. Well, see, here's the thing is that was the wild west. And like what grew out of that is this horrible concoction of acronyms and nude selfies. Mm -hmm. And it's time for a new wild west. And there, there's always a wild west if you look hard enough, but it's time for tour. It's time for the next frontier, you know, and it's happening. Mm-hmm. There there are innovations happening that are amazing and new and fresh enough that it it feels like the early days of the web. But this this whole like curmudgeon thing came about, this whole like get off my lawn, you never ran a BBS thing came about because I keep reading these articles Telling me what's not cool to do on social media. I know. And I'm like, shut up. I know. They're always telling me, like, don't post song lyrics to your favorite song and don't have homepages for your pets. And no, I know. I saw that. I was like, I was like, you know what? Like, I have 60 something thousand Twitter followers and I do whatever the hell I want to do. And people follow me. Maybe they shouldn't. I'm not saying they should, but I'm doing something right. Because there's a code of ethics or rules or a, a coda here. No. no, I'm just saying maybe I'm like I'm not worth following. I'm just saying like clearly I'm doing okay and you're doing okay. You know, like we have followings. People are listening to this podcast. Like, and thank you all. Please rate and review us on iTunes. <laughs> Don't pander. <laughs> I, I am pandering. This is what I do, Brett. This is what I freaking do. Yeah. Um, but we made social media. We, we did. We are the people who created what you are now trying to set rules for so exactly so, so don't in all in all fairness bite me 
uh, precisely. That's how I feel. I'm like, I got engaged on Twitter, mother effers. Like, don't tell me how to use this or not use this. I've been on this since before you were like, you knew anything about anything. Like, shut up. <laughs> we're both curmudgeons. We are both curmudgeons because we've been around this stuff for too long and we've like seen it. We're like, don't tell me how to act. Like, I'm going to act however I want to act. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And people who care will care and people who don't won't. And that's okay. So can I jump rails again? No, Brett, you can't jump rails because I'd be really bothered if you did. I know. We have that kind of relationship where... You do, where I'm like, you have to stay on topic. You're always trying to control me. I am always trying to control you. All right, so so, so have you heard of Soylent? I have, yes. The, 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 the weird-ass, you know, soybean and other weird stuff where you don't have to eat. You just no drink soy. this shit. Soy, soy sucks. Um, but no, it's basically, it's yeah, it's a full, like, nutritional balance right it's like giving up the idea of food and instead you drink this like shake this this glue goopy stuff exactly and it's it's marketed to geeks yes it's marketed to people who code at you know they're sitting at a console for 20 hours and they're like i don't need to eat food is not relevant and then it's even open source like i can hack the rest (laughs) of myself like who's gonna freaking do that and go through that time if you're a geek and you're spending all your time in front of a machine coding are you really gonna go through the time to source the materials to make your own soylent powder i don't think so no but here's the thing i bought this okay and i am really liking i love food i love flavor i love I love eating out. I love when my wife cooks amazing, like, ethnic dishes. And I love spice. And I love fresh food and vegetables and all this stuff. I love it. But I will forget to eat for 20 hours at a time. I will, too. I And actually more than that. And, and then I get really lightheaded and have, like, a weird attack of, like, hypoglycemic. Whatever. Right. And then you don't think about it. And you go have a beer. And then you're yep. screwed. And then I'm, like... I am right now. No, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, totally. I mean, and I'm a lightweight. Like I, I weigh like 100 and something pounds. Like I weigh like 105 pounds. And like, yeah, like if I don't eat, it's kind of going to be bad. Yeah. Right. So Soylent has actually filled that gap for me. I, I'm still enjoying my, you know, fresh meals and everything. But I talked to my, my chiropractor about this today. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she, like she's like a whole, like holistic. Of course she is. She is a medical. She's a doctor, but no, she's not. She's a chiropractor. They're not real doctors. No, like, she had. She is an MD. Then why the hell is she doing chiropractor, which is like not real anything? It is what she does is real. I I will agree with you to an extent. Like most chiropractors are. Chock it full is. Of I shit. mean, I go to an orthopedic surgeon. I don't go to a chiropractor. Why? Because I have an actual back condition. I'm not going to go to somebody well, who just no. And, and there's a line. There's a line where staying well adjusted and needing like actual. Uh, like medical uh, intervention. Right. Like my chiropractor will be the first person to tell me, no, you need to go see a surgeon or, you know, get uh, like more uh, drug based treatment for something. But when it comes to like, I have like serious tension in my shoulders or my, you know, my work posture is seriously affecting the circulation in my right hand. I go to her and she, she will fix that. And she's also a great nutritionist. So anyway, I'm talking to her about Soylent, Soylent and right. she tells me that uh, Soylent is basically sadness in a glass. Yes. And that that she couldn't imagine anyone ever drinking it when she heard about it. But then when she heard I was using it, she said, if I had to go down my list of clients and pick who would buy that, it would be you. 
<laughs> and so then she she gave me some 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 green something supplements to mix in with my soylent to make it actually flavorful and good. Actually flavorful and good. I was going to ask, how does it taste? Oh, it's absolutely one hundred percent bland. Like it has no flavor, but. A couple bananas and a little bit of honey in like a full pitcher of it. Blend it up, stick it in the fridge. It's it's just fine. A shake for breakfast, a shake for lunch, and a sensible dinner. <laughs> Weight Watchers. Yep, exactly. Oh, Nutri system or, or Nutrafast. Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you shake for breakfast, shake for lunch, and a sensible dinner. I mean, that's all I remember, and that's what I think when I hear Soylent. I mean, I've heard it's bland. I guess I'd be willing to try it. I just, I don't know. It seems like an awful lot of work. Oh, it's it's really so little work, and it keeps me um, fed. Oh, that's good. That's when I, good. That's when I explained to her that I didn't eat for the periods of time that I do. And then she's like, actually, you know what? That's bad for you. You're probably gaining weight that way. You're probably well, no, like, no, she said anything that keeps you alive is fine. You know, as long yeah. as it's. And I said, well, it's better than just drinking beer. And she goes, well, actually, beer might taste better. <laughs> it might. It might. The only thing, my only deal, like the Soylent guy is interesting, but he's weird. Like he wrote this post recently about how he's trying to cut all the water, like his water consumption to go on like a water challenge. It was like, oh, this number of people in the world only survive on this number of this amount of water a day. So I'm going to cut the amount of water that I consume. So I'm going to get special types of clothes that I don't have to wash because that's part of it. I'm going to not be drinking things. I'm not going to flush the toilet. Okay. So I'm going so- to take. So we like took pills so that he wouldn't have bowel movements see now that's weird like yeah. saving water on things like doing laundry taking showers stuff like that i fully support because we it is going to be tank girl eventually like yeah it is. we will we will we will use up our fresh water resources we will but uh but consumption of water i would never limit no, I mean, especially with things like like the reason like he cuts out, you know, he he gives himself certain supplements so we wouldn't have bowel movements, so we wouldn't have to flush the toilet. I had my gallbladder removed specifically so I would have more bowel movements. We have this has gone too far. But um, before we go, Brett, you know, we're talking about bowel movements. We're talking about soylent. We're talking about all this stuff we talked about earlier about backing stuff up. You know, we get into a lot of personal stuff on the show, but there's something we've never really talked about, and you know what? We've talked about bowel movements, but yet we've talked about personal things, and I don't even really know how I should ask this. You know what, Christina? I totally trust you. You can ask me absolutely anything. All right. So do you spend your winter months reorganizing your external storage, too, or am I the only one? Like, am I the only one who spends time, like, alphabetizing and categorizing all of her files across her external storage race? Anyone over 20, that is 100% normal. I, the reason I bring this up is because Overtired is being brought to you by our amazing uh, friends at Drobo. And Drobo is offering a limited time, get this, get this, $90 off code. Holy crap. I heard there was a contest too. There is. There's a contest and a $90 off code. So, Brett, how would you describe a Drobo to someone who's never heard of it? Okay, so it's like um, – like 2001 Space Odyssey, you got Monolith, yeah. but it's smaller, and it fits on your desktop, and it's a box. And inside that box, you can put multiple hard drives. And so instead of having, like, all these external drives sitting around your desk that you're, like, backing up to randomly, you put them all into this one box, and it's hot swappable. You can pull drives in and out of it without even disconnecting it. You can expand its storage, and it stripes your data with redundant storage across all all the drives that are available in it 
and it just brings everything together. Now, so what if I like I've heard of a Drobo, like I've wanted to have one, but I've held off because of the price. What what can you tell me about that? Well, the new third gen four bay Drobo is usually three hundred and forty nine dollars, but as we just mentioned, with ninety dollars off, it's only two hundred and fifty nine dollars, and that is literally exactly ten dollars less than a hundred dollars off. That's amazing. So I know a guy who had one of the first or, or second gen Drobos, you know, that had USB 2.0. <laughs> USB 2. Um, the third gen Drobo has USB 3 and a new dual core processor that makes it run three to five times faster than the old ones. It's the triple caffeinated coffee of Drobos. So it's like seriously the triple espresso Drobos. That's pretty amazing. They have so- Thunderbolt ones too. That's amazing. So Drobo is bringing them to other to two other overtired episodes that we have left for 2014. So we're going to save some of our next uh, you know information for our next serialized ad read. Please stay tuned because we're so entertaining. We know about it. Uh, but 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 Brett, like, what's the code? How do we get ninety dollars off the Drobo? How do holidays make you feel, Christina? <sighs> tired. Exactly. So the code is holiday tired, and it, that'll give you ninety dollars off on. Any Drobo at the drobostore.com. Uh, not the Drobo. It's drobostore.com. And the code's only good through midnight on December 29th, 2014. So don't say I didn't warn you. And there's a contest if you're feeling uh, lucky instead of spendy. Right. So if you're feeling lucky, all right, uh, punk, you can go to uh, drobo.com slash overtired and you can enter to win a sweepstakes drawing for a four day for a four bay drobo. So that's that's the one that's, you know, three hundred forty nine dollars, although right now it's it's uh, ninety dollars off for two fifty nine. But you can enter into a contest. You won't have to spend any money. You know, you can spend your money on booze. You can spend it on Soylent. You can spend it on all kinds of stuff. Soylent it's, mixes really well with whiskey, by the way. It really does. And you can also spend it on like seasons of, of all always sitting in philadelphia so go to overtired.com slash excuse me drobo.com slash overtired <laughs> robo.com drobo. slash overtired drobo and uh you know inter- and uh, they'll be doing the drawing in january and the and the winner will get an email if you win do can you do um uh uh mr roboto version like uh wait i got it i got it thank you very much oh mr Drobo, nope, I, I lost it. Domo arigato, Drobo, Roboto. Yes, so thanks to Drobo, a ton, for supporting Overtired and ESN. We seriously appreciate it. Again, the, the code is Holiday Tired, and uh, you can get $90 off. And if you go to drobo.com slash overtired, you can enter to win the contest to get a free four-bay Drobo. I like in this bulleted script we have that I am referred to as Human B. I like that too. Which and, is and- funny because... That is actually my name when I do rap battles on the weekend. Is it? You're Human B. You're I'm Human B. I'm dropping science. Human B. I'm Human B. Boom. <laughs> That's all I got right there. That is all you got. I was going to try to rap, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm really, really white. Although and I was going to try really to beatbox fast. for you, but A, no, that doesn't really work white. well with a microphone. Nope. Like it's, it's very, yeah, it's horrible. But B, I can't do it at all anyway. So No, I mean, I can rap pretty quickly if I've got good lyrics because I speak so fast, but I'm not good at freestyling. Stop, collaborate, and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow to the extreme. I rock a mic like a vandal, light up stage and wax chump like a candle. Okay. Oh, 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 oh
anyway. From West Philadelphia, was born and raised at the playground where I spent most of my days <laughs> chilling out, relaxing, relaxing all cool on, shooting some b-ball outside the school when a couple of guys, they're up to no good, started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight. My mom got scared. I said, you're moving with your auntie and your uncle in Bel-Air. Auntie and your uncle in Bel-Air. And I'm going to stop here because, you know. See, I know every word off of the uh, entire um, uh, Straight Outta Compton EP. Nice. And we used to sit at, we'd go to like, <laughs> like a skinhead bar in Brooklyn. Nice. And we would, it, they had NWA in their jukebox. And we would just sit at the counter and we would all yell the lyrics to it. And it was fun. But I, uh, I can't do that on the air. Cause at about really... noon because I said I got to Compton soon. I got to get drunk before the day begins. Before my brother starts bitching about my friends. So anyway been fun christina <laughs> it has been fun brett and i messed with the lyrics of uh of um boys in the hood right there but i apologize <sighs> i'm sorry nwa i'm sorry easy e r.i.p i'm sorry uh dre yeah, uh, i was just gonna say dre and cube both have done a lot to support the show and i feel like they really have really... i mean i want to i want to thank dr dre and but i really want to thank ice cube because without him none of this would have been popular 20, 22 jump street would have been just it would have been boring it right. would have been without it. And and frankly, I mean, that's what Amy Pascal said, too. Like, I've got her emails. I've been reading all of her emails. And she said, without Ice Cube, 22 Jump Street would have been, like, a no-go. Total, total flop. Complete flop. So, um, no, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to get out of here now. And I'm going to go home. And Brett's going to go to bed. I'm going to get some sleep. I don't know about you. I've had a long-ass week. Uh, yeah, you, you definitely should get some sleep. I will I probably get some sleep. You should get some sleep for sure, though. You really should. Have a good night, Christine. You too, Brett. This is too is going down low. <laughs>